You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Taking a break from election day coverage to uh, to record this. You're listening to it on a Wednesday. Appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, a great thing you can do is subscribe. You can also do that on Spotify. Uh, I think pretty much wherever you get your podcast, you can use that feature. And that's cool because it automatically downloads the pod to your phone when it goes up. I usually try to get these up by 6 a.m. the morning of. So you can listen on your way to work, maybe on your way to the gym, or if you're working out, if you're going for a run, whatever you might be doing in the mornings, you can listen to uh, Locked on Horn Frogs. Today, in this first segment, I want to touch on a few notes that came down from Gary Patterson from his press conference today, just about who's going to be available for Saturday against Texas Tech. And then in segment two, we got into an interesting discussion on one of my radio shows today about the Big 12 and their lack of success in the playoff and what's sort of missing from the conference. So it's sort of TCU-related, but I just want to talk big picture about where the Big 12 is and how it's perceived. And then in the final segment, you'll actually hear from audio from Eric Bell. Full disclosure, I hope that we would get like a one-on-one interview on the pod this week. Uh, it just did not work out, um, but media relations staff was nice enough to send me some audio from the press conference that he uh participated in today so we'll hear some of that and maybe once the I guess the season's over because it's gonna come to an end on Friday we can get Eric Bell on and have a, an in-depth conversation with them but wanted you to hear from them as they prepare for a huge game against West Virginia Friday night and they'll be playing for a Big 12 title but let's start with football and the news that came down today uh, just a couple injury notes Gary Patterson said Marcel Brooks was back in pads on Monday in Monday's practice. He's been out since the Texas game. So encouraging news there. I'm, I'm still don't really know where they want to put Marcel and where he fits in the defense, but he's a pass rusher. I mean, that's what he's done in the past. That's why you brought him in. I know he's a hybrid guy. He can play a lot of different positions, but I think he'd be most beneficial getting after the quarterback. And the emergence of Kyrie Coleman's been great. Uh, they also had some defensive tackles like Patrick Jenkins and Earl Baquette get after it on Saturday against Baylor. I don't know if that was just a good matchup against a Baylor offensive line that was really struggling. They were sort of shuffling guys in and out. But if, if it wasn't that, if it was more than that, if it was the emergence of some young guys who were stepping up and with the absence of Corey Bethley, and that's really encouraging and adding Brooks to that mix. Is certainly going to help, especially against a Tech team that we know is going to throw the ball a lot. Even under Matt Wells, that's still sort of their identity. And on the running back front, uh, Patterson said they'll likely be without running backs to Markway Foster and Kendra Miller, who missed that Baylor game. We talked about that Monday um, with Matt. Miller didn't play, and there really wasn't a reason why. Well, now we know he had an injury, and then Foster might be out as well. And, hey, this is – if there's one place on that roster where you can afford some some banged-up guys, it's probably at running back. I mean, it's a disappointment for Miller because he looked to be emerging early in the season as one of their go-to guys. But Barlow's been great. Uh, Zach Evans was fantastic on Saturday against Baylor. I imagine he's going to get some more carries. And they'll sort of mix and match. But they have depth there, which is good. And hopefully uh, Foster and Miller can get back. Um, later on in the season. A few more things on the football front. 
So there's been a lot of chatter in TCU circles about taking their foot off the gas in the Baylor game, and I certainly understand it. I don't really want to hash that out anymore just because I feel like it's Wednesday now. I get that it's a problem with philosophy, and I think it's it's largely Gary and how he wants to coach and how he feels like he can win football games, has won football games in the past, which is running the ball and playing good defense and eating up time of possession. I just don't get why you go get Doug Meacham – if you're going to do that. But that that seems to be the way they're going to approach football games. And I'm just not sure how much that's going to change in season. It's an issue, and I think it's, it's something we can talk about and debate, but I just don't know how much they're going to shift that in the middle of the year. And they're playing Texas Tech this week. And Texas team, last year that game played out very similar to the Baylor game last week. They jumped out to an early lead on the Red Raiders. Things were looking good. The offense looked better than they had all season long. And then they sort of got complacent and just took their foot off the gas a little bit. Also, Jeff Gladney got ejected for a targeting call, and the defense, I think, lost some some pop too. But that was in Lubbock, and they just had a tendency to play weird games against Tech. I remember a couple of years ago when Sean Robinson was still the quarterback and they lost – like 17-14 with Jet Duffy playing. They lost in double overtime, I think back in 2013. It's just Tech seems to bring out the weird in everybody, but especially in CCU. They had that game where they scored 82 points uh, in, in 2014, which was one of my favorite memories in college ever. But I wonder if – for the offense to be efficient and most successful, do they sort of have to be in competitive games? Because we saw what happens when they jump out to an early lead. So if they're really going to unleash Max and let him go to work, is it going to be uh, because they're having to trade scores with a tech team? I mean, that's not obviously what you want, but is that is that what has to happen for them to sort of keep their pedal to the metal and keep going and keep using tempo and everything else. This is uh, this is fascinating. I, I said before, you want to get to 5-4. and four. I think that's the goal, right? That gets you to a bowl game. I'm not saying that's acceptable for TCU football, but you got four games left. You try to win three of them. You get to 5-4. and four, And you got three critical games. I mean, Tech, KU... West Virginia. Those are the ones on paper that look the most winnable. You'll play Oklahoma State at the end of the season. I don't see a lot of hope there right now. I think West Virginia is a tough matchup because of their defensive line. But Tech is a game you should handle. The offensive line looked better last week for the Frogs. I don't think it was great. I still think there's obviously some issues there. But there was some improvement. And if that continues to trend upward, then obviously that's very encouraging. I think T.J. Stormett stabilized some things on that O-line last weekend. He at, he at least seems to have a little attitude to him, which is intriguing. I, I like that aspect of his game. Coming up on the other side, we'll talk about the Big 12. We sort of got into this discussion on my radio show today, and I wanted to bring it to the table just about the Big 12 and why they don't get selected for the playoff, why they're struggling in the playoff. And we'll get to that next. But first, I want to tell you about Coors Light, which I talk to you about Coors Light almost every day. 
and it's because it's the beer that's made to chill. Uh, what are you going to grab when you have that uninterrupted me time, when you have that chance to relax, unwind, hang out with family, hang out with friends, or just sort of hang out by yourself and listen to your own thoughts and have a chance to, to uh, recalibrate. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies themselves. Perfect for a moment to unwind. It's what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And you can get Coors Light sent directly to your door at GetCoorsLight.com. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Also want to chat with you about Built Bar. Built Bar is delicious. It's a, a great testing, tasting protein bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. I really like the cookies and cream flavor. They also have their 12 original flavors like German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, salted caramel. The peanut butter and German chocolate are fantastic. And I, I've talked about how delicious they are, but Built Bars are also healthy. Only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar. It fills you up. It's a delicious snack, and it's good for you. Sounds like a home run to me. You can uh, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, and use that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. Welcome back to Locked on Horn Frogs. Stephen Simcox here with you. Appreciate you listening today. Again, if you'd like to subscribe, that'd be great. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you want to give me a review or recommend me to a friend, that's a fantastic way to grow the show, grow the pod. You can hit that review button. Give me five stars. I'd really appreciate that. I want to get into something that's uh, not totally TCU um, related, but, I mean, it's about the conference and the perception of the conference. On a radio show today, we were discussing the Big 12's lack of success in the college football playoff. And I guess I knew this, but I didn't really hit home with me I was just looking and I saw that the Big 12 is the only conference that hasn't won a playoff game yet the power five conference that is and you know the Pac-12 Oregon did it back in 2014 when we all thought TCU should have got in and, and got hosed and then the ACC Clemson's had success SEC Alabama LSU Georgia have had success in the Big 10 it's Ohio State and the Big 12 Oklahoma is the only team that's made it they made it four times they're 0-4 and three of those losses are by double digits. So they only had one game that was truly, you know, a toss-up and competitive, and that was that Georgia game that they ended up losing in double overtime. And I thought they were the better team that year, but they just got mollywhopped by LSU last season. Uh, they stayed in that Alabama game when they had Kyler Murray there, but it never really felt like they were going to win or, or make it really close or leave a lot of doubt there. And then they got beat by Clemson the first year they were in it. But I'm just curious, and I'd love to have your hear your thoughts on it. If you want to tweet me after you, you listen to this or while you're listening to it, at SimcoxSteven or the show at LockedOnTCU, what is it that the Big 12 is missing that's keeping it from, you know, playing at that level with the Blue Bloods? And a, a lot of our listeners this afternoon said it was opportunity. I don't feel like that's really the case. I mean, TCU did not get the opportunity in 2014 that they should have. I watched that team every game, as I'm sure all of you did. Um, I was in college at the time. I was covering the team. I felt like they were the best team in America. And they didn't get a shot. 
and it was stupid. But aside from that, I mean, OU's gotten in. And aside from that TCU team in 2014, I really can't think of Big 12 teams that have been in the playoff mix and haven't gotten selected that really deserved it. So OU's gotten in, and they haven't done well when they've had their chances. And I feel like it really comes down to the offensive and defensive lines. In the SEC, you see dominant game-wrecking defensive linemen every single year. And that's what you see at Alabama. That's what you see at Clemson. Clemson always wrecks shop up front. And they have great skill guys, too. But I think there are great skill players in the Big 12. I I don't feel like there's a shortage of those. I I just think in the interior, that's where the Big 12 is lacking. And it's it's frustrating to me because you think about Alabama. And when I think of defensive linemen at Alabama, I think more the interior. Like, their defensive tackles are incredible. But they also have good edge rushers. You know, LSU won last year. They had some good edge rushers. They also had the best offense ever. (laughs) Uh, Clemson has a great defensive line most years. They, that one season they beat Alabama soundly in the title game. They had four defensive linemen who were drafted in the first or second round. Ohio State, Chase Young just got picked. The Bosa brothers, they'll get after the quarterback. And I just I can't think of the last dominant defensive lineman in the Big 12. I know James Lynch won Defensive Player of the Year in the Big 12 last year, and he was a good player, but I don't really think of him as a like a dominant rusher. Ben Banigou was a great pass rusher. LJ Collier. I mean, TCU's had their fair share of guys. Devontae Fields for a short time before he sort of flamed out. But the last, like, game-wrecking defensive lineman I really remember in the Big 12 was like Indomitian Sue, and that was 10 years ago. And I just feel like that's what's separating them from the rest of the conferences. And it's unfortunate because, you know, we talk about the ACC, Big 10, SEC. And really, the ACC, it's Clemson, right? I mean, that's it. Once you get past the Tigers, Miami's better under Manny Diaz, but they're nowhere near where they were when they were in their heyday. Florida State's falling off a cliff. And then it's, you know, Boston College, Wake Forest, Duke, a bunch of sort of mess schools that win between six and eight games and will pull an upset from time to time. Pitt. Louisville, even though they're struggling right now. In the Big Ten, it's just Ohio State. I mean, Michigan's a fraudulent program. They don't win big games. <laughs> In week two, they fall to Michigan State. I know that's a rivalry game, but Michigan State had just lost to Rutgers, one of the worst Power Five programs in the country. Penn State will flirt with it sometimes, but they never, they're never able to close it out. And... In the SEC, there's some depth. I mean, Alabama and Georgia. And then LSU from time to time. Auburn from time to time. There's usually one team coming from the SEC West. Florida is starting to build something under Dan Mullen. Even though this season they've sort of been ravaged by COVID-19 and haven't been on the field as much. My point is, it's not really about having four or five teams that are great. It's just about having one and then having some depth behind it. And I think the Big 12 is a very parity. It's a conference with a lot of parity. There's a lot of teams in the middle, but nobody's taking that mantle at the top. And this year, they're already out of it in a lot of ways. I mean, Oklahoma State, with that loss, I don't think they're going to get in. 
Oklahoma and Texas with two losses aren't going to get in. Kansas State still only has one loss in conference play and one loss on the season, but um, or one loss in conference play. Excuse me, they lost their non-con game. But anyway, I, I think they're going to fall. I think they're going to drop some more games with Will Howard at quarterback. So, what is it about this conference that leads them to struggle? And I just keep coming back to that interior offense and defensive line. That aspect of the game is just not there. In the trenches, they're getting beat. And that's why they're struggling to gain that exposure and that level that some of the blue bloods and some of the stalwart programs in college football have right now. So we'll see if they can fix it. But it's just, I think the Big 12 is a fun conference. I think it can be a really good conference. But right now they're tripping over their own feet. And it's, uh, it's tough to watch. Coming up, we'll talk about TCU soccer. They're playing for a conference title on Friday against West Virginia. We'll hear from Eric Bell next. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment, Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. TCU soccer is playing for a Big 12 title on Friday. They are undefeated. They had a tie in their first game against Baylor, a 0-0 tie. And then since then, they've won every game. They've had some close calls. They had a game against Oklahoma State where it was um, level even for most of the game, and they came up with a win in overtime. They had a game against Kansas State where they fell behind 2-0 and were able to rally and score three goals, two in the second half, and one in overtime to win. They've just gotten it done. They have been incredibly consistent. And it's a really cool story because, like everyone else, they didn't have an off season really, and then they get to campus and they're working and they're trying to get ready for the year and get better, and they find out that the fall championships have been canceled or postponed. They're going to get moved to the spring by the NCAA. So there's still that carrot out there, but they don't exactly know when that postseason play is going to be. And all they had to go off of was a, a sort of shortened conference-only regular season, and they've made the most of it. They're playing huge games. They're winning. Eric Bell's done an incredible job. I was actually – I remember going to – the first TCU sporting event I went to as a student was a TCU soccer game, and it was Coach Bell's first year as head coach, and they played SMU, and they lost one to nothing. SMU had some fluky goal from, like, almost midfield, and they lost that game one nothing. But I just remember hearing about Coach Bell because he was at Florida State and he won a national championship. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting that he came to TCU and he's trying to build this thing in a major conference, and he's done that. He's gotten people to come play there, and they're competing at a high level. So they play West Virginia on Friday. I was hoping to get a chance to talk to him one-on-one. That didn't happen. Maybe it will happen in the future. But I tuned into his press conference today and grabbed a few clips. Here's Coach first talking about, you know, I described the challenge of not having – um, postseason play on the calendar, not knowing when that's going to be. So here's Coach talking about how, as they've gone down the stretch here, it's felt like tournament play because the games and the stakes are so high. Well, I think that um, the more that we've won the games or more games that we've won, the more and more it feels like the NCAA tournament because if you lose, obviously, it hurts your opportunity to, to win the the conference championship. And so all these last few games have felt like NCAA tournament games where you know, and you kind of survive in advance. And hopefully, you know, we've done well in that regard. And hopefully, uh, we've put ourselves in a really good position to be successful on Friday night. 
So it's a huge game. I mean, they're number three in the polls and one of the national polls in the, in the latest polling that's come out. And they're going against West Virginia, and it's for a Big 12 championship. And they're hoping that they're going to get an NCAA tournament in the spring, but they don't exactly know what that's going to look like. And they've sort of gotten to experience the fun and the joy of tournament play towards the end of the regular season because they know that they're playing for this title and the games have been important. They had that huge comeback against Kansas State. They had a nice win against Kansas, a really good team. They beat them 2 to nothing, I believe. Really dominated them from start to finish. So they're getting to I'm, – I'm happy for them. I just think this is a cool thing. It looks like this might be a season where they wouldn't have much of a chance to play big games, and they're having these moments where they're getting to play essentially what's like a postseason game in the fall as they come down the stretch here and try to win a title and and try to come together as a team and get this thing done. Coach Bell was also asked about the future of this program. So he has to be excited, right? I mean, he's got a lot of young players on this team. Um, The recruiting is getting better. He's starting to steadily build this thing up. He's finding players that are going to take them to the next level. As I said, he built a really good program at Florida State. They won a national title. He came to TCU. It's been sort of a gradual process. But they've been an NCAA tournament team the last few years, and now you're seeing the culmination of all this. It's starting to come together. It's starting to make sense as, they, uh, as they've come together as a crew, led by a really good defense and some girls that can score. They're a fun team to watch. But Coach Bell, on the future of the soccer program and just where they are right now and how, uh, how it bodes well for what they're going to do moving forward. Yeah, and hopefully that becomes the trend, and uh, we definitely don't want to you know, drop off a level and whatnot. And I, I see teams that you know win 16, 17 games in a season, and then the next season they win five, and it's like, well, we don't want to be one of those teams. We want to be a team that's you know consistently you know winning 12, 13 games. We want it to be a team that's consistently challenging for uh, the Big 12 championship, whether it be regular season or the conference tournament. We want to consistently be in the NCAA tournament um, and, and making runs in the tournament. Um, and so and that's where we're at. Um, and, yeah, do I look forward or do I look past this season? Well, I think I have to. It's called recruiting. And, you know, we always are looking at the future and what types of players we're looking to bring in and, you know, how can they help us and how can they not only help us but help us get better. Um, and, and allow us to play a brand of soccer that I really want to play and um, that's fun to play, um, but also allowing you to win games as well. And so um, throughout the course of the season, you know, you're thinking about the moment, you're in the moment, but you're also outside the moment thinking about the future and making sure you're setting yourself up for success in future years as well. So this is exciting. I mean, not a lot of seniors on this team. Depending on what happens this year or the postseason, we'll see where it goes. But next season and the following, they have a chance to be really, really good. And that's encouraging for TCU soccer. Um, And what a great year to have, even in the midst of a pandemic and all the adversity they're facing. Bottom line is, hop on the TCU soccer bandwagon. Like, latch on, grab on, Friday night. Watch their game against West Virginia. I believe it's on ESPN+. Plus. I'll tell you for sure tomorrow. But get into it because they're playing great ball right now. And even if you're not like a huge soccer person, they're fun to watch. They score some great goals. They play good defense. 
Um, Coach Bell gets really excited on the sidelines. The girls feed off each other. They have great energy. Let's let's all hop on the TCU soccer bandwagon for the week and uh, root for them as they play for a Big 12 title on Friday. Coming up tomorrow, I'll chat with Josh Neighbors. He co- he uh, hosts Locked On Big 12. There's a podcast just dedicated to the Big 12, so I'll have a conversation with him about where the Big 12 is and some of the interesting things going on there. And we'll continue to preview uh, TCU and Texas Tech coming up Saturday, another 2.30 kick. Um, and that'll be uh, a chance for the Frogs to get to 500. Hey, they can get back to 3-3 three and three with a victory. So we'll get into that on Thursday. Thanks for listening today. This has been the Locked On Horn Frogs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.